0: And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. We have to talk on this program about entrepreneurship and about uh, ways to attract new business uh, to the Mon Valley and into the Pittsburgh uh, area in general. And often we get the rosy side of the story. We get the exciting side of the story because, after all, that's what people want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about some of the difficulties, though, and our guest this week has a familiarity with Pittsburgh and with the Rust Belt, and with entrepreneurship. He is John Biggs. He's an author, blogger, entrepreneur. He's written five books. You can check those out at johnbiggsbooks.com. He's a uh, Carnegie Mellon graduate, also grew up in uh, South Central Ohio, so very familiar with the Rust Belt. Uh, Good morning, John. Howdy, howdy. And um, you had a thread on Twitter. I had been been threatening to talk to you for a while, but you had a thread on Twitter recently that I really said, i got to get John on here, and um, the Chamber of Commerce is not going to be too happy with me, but oh, what the heck. You pointed out, and this is what I want to talk about mostly for this half hour, is some of the difficulties of trying to get uh, tech businesses to come to the Rust Belt, and I would include Pittsburgh in that. Before we Mm -hmm. get into that, though... Tell us a little bit of your background. Tell us your story. Where where did you grow up at?
1: So I grew up in uh, Columbus. My grandma lived in uh, Martins Ferry, across from Wheeling. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty familiar with the uh, with the Rust Belt, I guess you could call it. I mean, for me, it wasn't was it wasn't the Rust Belt. It was a it was a great place to grow up. It was a great place to me too. We used to go. We used to go down to the uh, to the steel mill. Uh, with a BB gun and shoot, uh, grasshoppers. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that these days, but yeah, we used <laughs> my the dad statute would like
0: limitations is up. This yeah, wasn't last yeah. <laughs> week, was it? No, this was, okay. well,
1: this was, this was a fairly consistent, uh, okay. consistent reign of terror that I had. Okay. I mean, look, it was, it was fun. I, I, I spent my, I spent my summers in the woods. I spent my summers down by the river. I spent my summers, uh, wandering in a little town that was exactly where I wanted to grow up. Uh, exactly where I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and over time, I would go back to Martin's Fair. I'd go back to Columbus. I'd go back to these different places and things. And they would change. And they've changed consistently. And they've changed considerably. And now I basically live in uh, Brooklyn. And I basically have recreated the Martin's Fair experience in the heart of this city. Because we walk everywhere. We walk to the movie theater. We walk to the toy store. We walk to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And I'm honestly very, very worried for a little town like Martin's Fair. I'm more very worried for about McKeesport. I'm very worried about even to a degree of Columbus, uh, being able to survive in the next, uh, the, the post information age, uh, when humans aren't going to be doing a lot of this information, the grunt work of sitting in cubicles and, and pressing buttons when robots are going to replace them, uh, in ways that we can't even imagine. And then I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of mistakes being made on the same front. Um, I see a lot of mistakes being made by, um, I guess you could say chamber of commerce folks, mm-hmm. investor, invest, investment efforts, uh, Ohio has has a few of them that I've seen, and they're just completely ridiculous. Pittsburgh, for its for its um, because of its universities, is doing the best. Out of all the places that I've seen, which is why uh,
0: Pittsburgh often gets held up as mm-hmm. this model of of a renaissance, of a technical renaissance for Rust Belt communities, right?
1: But I wouldn't even argue it's a renaissance. I would argue that it's always been there, just kind of floating underneath. Obviously, back when back when uh, when and, uh, and and O'Leary were hanging out by the uh, at the steel mill, that was a whole different animal. But over time, and when I was there in '93 or whatever. Uh, that's when everything was turning around. That's you, when you went to Carnegie Mellon, you were, you were looking at the future. I was seeing stuff that I was seeing stuff that I, that that's commonplace today, but was wild back then. Um, and that's still the end, but I, I think that's the entire city that's, that's encouraged that. And I've gone back recently. We went out to, um, uh, what's the place where the, uh, where Uber is now and everything. Uh, Hazelwood. Uh, yeah. Hazelwood, Yeah. Hazelwood. Yeah. Went out to Hazelwood. My buddy works at cat. I go out there. Uh, and it's beautiful. And it's really it. That's exactly what needs to happen. But that's exactly what never happens uh, in multiple cities. Well,
0: and, 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 and if I can just interrupt you for a second, John mm-hmm. Biggs is our guest this morning. John Biggsbooks dot com. Uh, John has been a tech journalist for a number of websites. Uh, which websites can people see you at most often now?
1: Uh, TechCrunch. I've been on TechCrunch for about uh, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm about to start over at Coindesk, which is a cryptocurrency site.
0: Okay. Um, so you, you, you've, and, and, but you've also started a number of businesses. You have a business, uh, called cheap transcription right Mm -hmm. now that, that I've taken advantage of. And I actually referred a couple other people, uh, to it as well. So you, you've been on both sides of this. You've covered the tech industry and you've been part of the tech industry. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a couple of things that in, in what you just said that I would like to unpack. One of them is, you know, you talked about the entire city of Pittsburgh, but the a lot of the development, and this is something that is starting to become an issue in the Pittsburgh area, as you're probably aware of, is that, yes, it's been the city of Pittsburgh. It hasn't been Beaver Falls, New Kensington, Manesson, McKeesport, Braddock. Braddock's starting to a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Glassport, there's still these pockets of deindustrialization that still pretty much look like they did in 1987 when the okay. mill closed down, right? Yep. Um, and, and I'm sure, I'm very familiar with Martin's Ferry and Wheeling. My wife went to Bethany College, so we're down in that area pretty frequently. And there's parts of Wheeling and Weirton that pretty much look like they did when the factory closed, right?
1: Sure, they they, they look like, well, no, actually, they would have looked better when Johnny Cash used to hang out down there. Uh, yeah, no, it's, that, that, that's, and it's a, sad, it's a sad situation. I spoke to Richard Florida. He's the, yeah, he's the thinker sure. who used to be he – he actually lived in Pittsburgh. Yes, he did. Uh, and he could, he could only speak uh, – he spoke very highly of the city. Uh, but I asked him point blank, what does Wheeling have to do to survive? And he basically said that Wheeling has to become a bedroom community for some Googlers. Uh, there has to be some kind of way for, for the connectivity or some sort of, I don't know, super fast train system. Uh, to get them to the major cities. If you want the quality of life of living in a small town like a Martin's Ferry, yet you want to actually be paid human money, uh, <laughs> you basically have to, you're basically you basically going to have to work remotely. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people aren't able to do that. And I don't think that Google is going to sit there and say, let's make a wheeling branch yeah. uh, just for kicks because the talent isn't there. Uh, the talent goes to Pittsburgh. The talent goes to Columbus. The talent goes to Chicago. Um, so there 's a problem
0: we We had Jacob backrack on uh, the program uh, a couple of months ago. It was before the amazon h q two announcement uh, or or farce, depending on how you want to look at it was made and I kind of asked him because he blogs and, and writes about a lot of these same issues for jacobin and and some other publications and I said what do you think of the Amazon? Isn't this a great thing? Because all of our politicians and elected officials and community leaders are talking about what a great thing this would be if Amazon uh, located its second headquarters here. And he said, well, first of all, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And mm-hmm. he was correct. And second of all, he said, "Where? what do you think Amazon is going to bring in and how much are you going to have to give away from the store to attract them? And then do you really think they're going to hire laid off steel workers or people who are right now working two jobs at, at Dollar mm-hmm. General and Family Dollar. And he said the answer to all those questions is no. You're yep. gonna, you're, all, what you're going to do is accelerate gentrification and continue to push the poor people out to the margins. That's a really bleak, <laughs> but, but unfortunately is, is probably accurate.
1: It's look, I don't want I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. I honestly don't. I wouldn't I want it to be I want it to be in a position I want us to be in a position where yeah, absolutely, if I want to live in Wheeling, I should be able to work for Google. But I would require that requires uh either educational infrastructure and wheeling that allows uh, Googlers to be born there. Okay. Or some sort of system that encourages them to move there to live there, and uh, with fast internet to get them back to get them back to the main office—that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's happening uh, faster than we think. We mm-hmm. have devices. I mean, we're talking over Skype right now, right. and it's clear, clear, it's crystal clear. And right. we basically—and I haven't been in an office for about twenty years now, so it's been uh, so it's entirely feasible. Um, but I think there's a lot of problems in that. In that you, we're encouraging a. We're encouraging a sort of uh, entrepreneurial attitude in these small places by creating these accelerators and these incubators and Mm -hmm. these co-working spaces, uh, which are basically taking money from startups that don't have any money in the first place. And they're not giving anything back. So if I'm starting up in McKeesport, if I'm starting up even in Pittsburgh, let's say, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get – I'm not going to have angel access to angel capital. Mm -hmm. The people are going to tell me that absolutely there is angel capital. There's some rich guy who everybody knows who, who hands out checks left and right. I'm not going to have access to that guy. And I've, I've, I've seen this in multiple cities. There's always the, there's always that guy who everybody talks about is the angel (laughs) of the, of angel of the city. It's in Denver. It's in St. Louis. It's everywhere. And he's, he gives it out to his buddies. He gives it out to one or two uh, computer science graduates who, who might have something that he could sell to his, uh, to his friend in Silicon Valley. But the vast majority of time, he doesn't have any cash for, for regular ideas. So what am I going to do? I'm stuck. Uh, let's, unless, let's,
0: let's, let's pause yeah. right there. I have a 30-second break to take. When we come back, let's pick it up right there. And let's also talk about the fact that I have heard over and over again for the last 15 or 20 years that one of the problems is everyone knows that guy in Pittsburgh or Denver or St. Louis or wherever. But often that guy is, in fact, very risk-averse. And he wants Mm -hmm. to bet on the sure thing. So when we come back, can we pick it up there? Sure, sure. Okay. John Biggs is our guest this morning. He is an author, uh, entrepreneur. You have probably seen his work if you read TechCrunch. He's the author of five books that you can check out, some fiction, some nonfiction, at uh, johnbigsbooks.com. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview, or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is John Biggs. He is a graduate of Carnegie Mellon University. Grew up in the South Central Ohio area, although we were talking a lot about Martins Ferry, Ohio, and, and, and the Wheeling area, the Ohio Valley area. Uh, very familiar with the Pittsburgh area. He is a tech journalist and entrepreneur. You can read his work at TechCrunch and at other fine websites. You can also check out his books at johnbiggsbooks.com. When we took the break, we were talking about uh, the, the some of the difficulties of attracting investment Uh, If you are not in New York, Boston
1: or Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley,
0: what are the I mean, is that still like sort of the big three New York, Boston and Silicon Valley?
1: Seems to be. Uh, I mean, I've been to I've been to multiple cities. I've gone up and down the East Coast. I've been to Chicago. I've been to St. Louis. I've been to Denver, Boulder. Uh, Everybody claims that they have a a really great uh, startup community. And and maybe they do if you're like going to make a logistics system for uh, shipping lines or something Mm -hmm. like that uh something totally b2b that some some guy who made all his money selling pepsi out yep. of the back of a truck uh can understand and um not that there's and, anything
0: wrong with selling not pepsi that out of the back
1: of a truck <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm somebody, somebody who's in somebody who knows that business, right? Now, right. somebody who knows that industry. But if we're talking about self-driving cars, if we're talking about biotech, if we're talking about uh, AI, that kind of thing, there's nobody in each of these towns that understands that and has and has a hundred thousand dollar check to to, to drop. What, what, uh, one thing yep. that
0: strikes me about entrepreneurship is that it has seems in this country at least i, I can't speak to, to europe or or uh, south america or anything obviously but in this country it does seem to have gotten very centralized if you go back i i read a lot of business history and i have written business history and when you go back you see these you know big companies starting up in binghamton new york or mm-hmm. milwaukee wisconsin or waukesha wisconsin or even here in mckeesport we had a number of we had one publicly traded uh company on the New York Stock Exchange, the G.C. Mm -hmm. Murphy company. Um, So you had these companies that were out in these communities. Um, Pittsburgh at one time was, after New York and Chicago, I think the third largest corporate headquarters city. But then about the 1980s, 1990s, these corporate headquarters all bolted for mostly New York City. Right. Some to Chicago, maybe a few to L.A., but mostly they went to New York City, including and that trend has continued here in Pittsburgh, where the operating headquarters of Alcoa are in the city of Pittsburgh still. But the corporate offices are now in New York City. So Mm -hmm. that seems to me, I don't know whether that's a symptom or a cause of the problem you're describing.
1: Well, look, I mean, if you're if you're going to build a big business in Binghamton, uh, it obviously it used to be a small business and it grew, yeah, uh, and it grew in a different way than businesses grow right now. Businesses are expected to scale to millions of users uh, or sales almost overnight to get any sort of growth capital back then, if you had a product and you were selling it worldwide or just over across the nation, you sort of created your own flywheel. You had a CEO of the, of the company in the small town and went
0: to college there, all that. He had a bunch of buddies, he had a
1: bunch of buddies who he would pass out some cash to those guys would be able to spring out and they, and do, um, and it's the Detroit story. Yeah. Uh, You basically had, you basically had guys who had Ford who would pop off of Ford and start a windshield wiper business. Uh, accessories business and they, and they made, they made a a fortunes that way. Uh, can you do that now? Absolutely not. You really can't manufacturing in that, in that, in that capacity is gone. What you need is what Silicon Valley has. You need a guy who worked at Cisco, made his, made his bones at Cisco made a couple million and is now just throwing it out willy-nilly to smart kids from Stanford. And even that's unfair, deeply unfair, uh, but it's the way things, it's the way of the world over there. Uh, And that's why you're going to get so much more coming out of uh, San Francisco than you are going to get out of McKeesport.
0: Or even, again, larger cities, Milwaukee or Green Bay or or Mm -hmm. any of these other places that at one time had... Hey, everybody works at, you know, if you're in Racine, Wisconsin, everybody works at Johnson Wax or whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe in that case they still do, but more and more that's just not the case anymore. Dayton, Ohio, is a city I'm very familiar with that had several corporate headquarters, Frigidaire, uh, uh, National Cash Register, um, and a couple other standard register, and they all... Packed up, and National Cash Register went to Arizona, I think, or mm-hmm. Florida, and uh, obviously Frigidaire is a shadow of what it once was, and Delco Electronics is a shadow of what it once was, and you know the the days when you could have a have a corporate headquarters in in a Dayton, Ohio, even, which is not a small, which is not a town the size of McKeesport, uh seem to have come and gone.
1: And there's and there's actually a little company called Grayhill uh, in Chicago, outside of Chicago, actually. Uh, that's been there since World War Two, and they make switches. Quite literally, they just make switches for like airplanes and yeah. cars and different things. Yeah. Uh, and these guys have been in business, and they're still in business. But it's like, uh, and it's a, it's an absolutely, it's a really great people who work there. Uh, but they're kind of stuck in Amber. And if anybody cracks that Amber, uh, they're going to lose that magic. I'm worried. Uh, so you're, so you're, so how do you innovate in a small town? And I think the way you innovate is you basically, you, you live there, you exist and you spread outwards, uh, and you, and you, and you focus on the global, on the, uh, on the globe. So, so a startup is a small business with global ambition. Um, so you basically have to build a startup with that Ambition. Not a lot of people can do that. And not a lot of people, if you're faced with trying to feed the family in, in a small right. town, uh, how, do you, how do you solve that problem? And I guess the problem is basically uh, the solution is remote work uh, of some sort uh, where, you, where you and a group of smart people get together and say, hey, we're going to make programs or we're going to make apps. Or we're going to make something for the rest of the world. Come join us here if yeah. you want to hang out.
0: But you touched on something earlier in the conversation, and that is, you know, um, the information-based, that, that, that you know, if, if you if you want to have Googlers and you want them in Weirton or mm-hmm. East Liverpool or Sport, you know, they can work remotely now. But you, you touched on something that I, I don't think people understand that this train is coming down the track and it's getting closer and it's accelerating, and that is that a lot of these information-based jobs are going to be automated. Now, you cover the tech industry. Lots of jobs already. Lawyers are having trouble finding jobs because a lot of things that lawyers used to do, like sit there and review, Mm -hmm. write and review contracts, for instance, or do title searches, a lot of those have been automated. Who all's job is going to be automated soon?
1: Um, you could say somebody like a, just a run of the mill programmer, somebody who just programs, Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost, it's surprisingly easy to, to, uh, do that right now, uh, with a, with a computer. Uh, there, there are systems right now that allow you to basically tell a computer, okay, today I need to make sure that I have five, all the 5,000 of my customers are, are checked mm-hmm. and the system will learn how to check it automatically as you do it and just be able to recreate that. It's not even a scripting language. It's basically just you doing it very similar to the way you have uh, you have, you show a robot how to how to turn a screw sure. and it'll do it automatically. Uh, so just being a programmer is no longer the way to go. What you need is you basically need somebody who can be a manager, somebody who can, who can, uh, corral the, the robots and the humans into sort of an augmented human, uh, human cyborg and build these products. Cause there's always going to be people needed to build an architect. Uh, but we don't need the, uh, we don't need the folks who can hammer the nails and, and put up the drywall anymore.
0: I have I've heard well, let's let's put a pin in that because that that metaphor might might or might not work. What I've heard though is in the information economy, any job that can be repeated more than once can mm-hmm. more, can be automated eventually. Yep. Um, truck drivers, you you mentioned Uber doing all this research in Pittsburgh. I think all how many different companies or major multinationals are in the space right now of self driving vehicles. I think all mm-hmm. of them at this point have a presence in Pittsburgh because they all want access basically to Carnegie Mellon talent. But yep. my my understanding is they're not they don't want to necessarily automate your car or my car. They want to automate over the road trucking, do they not?
1: Uh they honestly want to automate everybody's car. There's one there's it, it doesn't make any sense to just automate the trucks, for example. Sure. Well, uh not you're if gonna,
0: you're gonna mix Joe's uh, yeah. Joe I mean, civilian if, in there.
1: Yeah, once the truck. Well, what I can what could I imagine is I could imagine a situation like they did during the, uh, during the like the Stevedore sort of the, the, the motion from Stevedore or the change from Stevedores to the to the uh, or Longshoremen to yeah. the um, to the container, uh, where they basically said we're going to pay all your retired guys as pensions till they die, and we're going to bring in folks who can run the cranes, and who can run the who can run logistics and you basically have created different jobs, more jobs out of a few jobs that kind of sucked for hundreds of years. And I think the same thing's going to happen here. Eventually you're going to have a situation where there has to be a human being on that truck watching to make sure that nothing's going to explode or whatever. Uh, and that's that's the probably the easiest solution uh, short term. Uh, to solve that sort of uh, that sort of self driving truck so problem, kind,
0: kind of like when when and, and we're going to take another break here. The time goes quickly. Um, kind of like when the railroads moved from steam engines to diesel mm-hmm. locomotives, they still had somebody riding on the diesel locomotive, but they didn't have to have someone shoveling coal yep, into it exactly. anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but what is going to stop your local transit authority from automating their buses if the bus is on a fixed route? Or on a busway like they are in Pittsburgh, or your subway, or your uh, light rail vehicles.
1: I think the I think the subway uh, and the light rail are probably the first to go, and that's that's probably the easiest way. That's probably the easiest system to automate. But those have been, uh, those
0: jobs and what, the reason I bring this up, those jobs have been a pathway to the middle class for people for a hundred years. Uh,
1: that's wonderful, but uh, I mean, so has uh, so was so was being a longshoreman. Let's say sure. right, okay. uh, and and that's that's going away. the The other thing to think about, and I and I again. That I don't want to be, I don't want to seem crass and I don't want to, I don't want to, I feel, I feel awful for the, for this situation. But mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing to think about with the advent of computing, everybody said that all these jobs, the guy who was sitting in the, uh, in the, uh, records room in the basement mm-hmm. of the hospital, all the, the, the folks who are, who are maintaining all these, the, uh, all the these key books,
0: punch, the key punch operator, key the, punch the, the the operators, all these the folks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, where's the, uh, where are those folks now? They're out of jobs, but there, we've created millions of more jobs, uh, who are basically key punch operators for for websites, who are basically right. just right. plugging in data, maintaining a website, maintaining maintaining information. Uh, all the guys who used to be on the uh, on the trading floor at NASDAQ, they're gone. But now there's entirely new systems that these guys are building uh, that that can that are a lot faster and a lot more dangerous, obviously. Uh, but um, people really enjoy them, I guess.
0: Let's let's pause right there. When we come back, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to ask you about two things that are kind of wildly different, uh, one being the difficulty of getting broadband if you want to have a Googler in East Liverpool, Ohio, the difficulty that Googler is going to face getting a reliable broadband connection in, in many cases. And the second thing is then if you're sitting in McKeesport or Manesson or Charleroi, what exactly do you do? What are your options? Um, how should you be preparing for the next five or ten years, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Biggs is a, a tech, tech, technology journalist, I guess is the way to put it. He is a author of five books that you could check out at his website, johnbiggsbooks.com, uh, and he is a kind of a serial entrepreneur. He's our guest for a few more minutes here. You are listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the Sport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back, our guest for few more minutes is John Biggs. He is an author, an entrepreneur, and a tech journalist. You may have read his work at TechCrunch and other fine websites, including Medium. Uh, And what was the website that uh, covers Bitcoin that you will soon be writing for?
1: Uh, Coindesk. CoinDesk.
0: Um, And you can check out his five books uh, at johnbigsbooks.com. When we took the break, I asked you uh, two questions. One being, There are a lot of parts of this country that do not have decent broadband at all for any price. Not wired, not from the local incumbent phone company, not from the local cable company, and not from cell phones. So if you're in a place that does not have good access to broadband, your option is what, just move?
1: Yeah, move. Uh, That's it. I mean, look, what what else are you going to do? It's almost impossible to uh, it's almost impossible to do anything else out out there. Uh, you can go work at the pizza place, but you got you you need you need some sort of connectivity. Um, and okay, it's but, actually okay.
0: now you didn't want to you said earlier in the in the broadcast though you didn't want to be Debbie Downer, but <laughs> but but seriously though, if you're in, we just drove uh, through central West Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about three, four hours up uh, Route 19 and, and Route 79. And it's very ironic to me. There's this big sign outside of Morgantown that says, you are now entering the West Virginia Technology Corridor. And mm-hmm. my cell phone went from four bars to zero. I yep. mean, as as John, I heard Lieutenant Governor John Fetterin, uh recently, and he said his cell phone, he was someplace, his cell phone went from four bars to LOL. Um, mm-hmm. That's what my cell phone went from. And I'm thinking, this is the Technology Corridor? And it was like that for the entire then length. Of West Virginia. So what you're telling people there is, you're just not going to have a job in the information economy unless you leave. You're just going like to you're going to empty the the state out.
1: I mean, in that in that very very difficult case, absolutely. Um, the. Uh, especially in Morgantown, Morgantown is University of West Virginia. Right. that they they i mean my buddy went there he he really enjoyed himself, but i mean i would love i would love to I would love to hear something out of the uh, University of West Virginia um that's another interesting thing uh, a lot of these cities don't know how to how to sell themselves uh and that's actually part that's the vast majority of the battle right so so a place like Morgantown isn't selling itself as as a place where innovation is being made, so a lot of innovation isn't coming there and I don't understand why why they can't lay some fiber, why they can't uh, get some cell towers up.
0: Let me pause here, and I don't want to make this political. Mm -hmm. Sure, um, sure. But in many cases, as you know, the state legislatures, and I don't know for sure about West Virginia, but I'd be willing to put money on the idea, a lot of the state legislatures have forbade municipalities from installing broadband.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's their own personal, like so, like a, a municipal municipal broadband. Sure, obviously, right, right. Uh, that's because Verizon and those guys want to come in. And yeah, absolutely. You're, what, is, uh, you're, what is the ince-
0: what is the incentive though for the privately owned third party company to go into Romney, West Virginia, or wherever?
1: I think the I think the answer is the citizens have to vote with their have to vote with their dollars and they have to vote with their with their okay. voices. Uh, I was listening recently about a. Uh, about, uh, I think it was North Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, didn't have a grocery store. And they brought in one person, they brought in one, um, I guess, assembly person, and her whole mission was to get a grocery store in there. And the only reason why they didn't have a grocery store is they had so many dollar stores, sure. and all the dollar stores were coming in. They had eleven dollar stores in an area, and creaming
0: of, the creaming the profits off, probably. Yeah,
1: there That doesn't doesn't make any sense. So they, I think one very specific point, and this is this is off topic, but I think it's apt, I think it's apt here. Uh, one very specific point they made is that they you could get at the dollar store a dollar can of four, fourteen ounce can of chicken noodle soup mm-hmm. that the grocery store was selling for a dollar fifty uh, minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they got it from wholesaler because, and, and Campbell's would actually make this soup for the dollar store because it was like their little, little stick. So what she did is she said, dollar stores have to be within a mile of each other. There can't be any more dollar stores in this area. And, and then she got the promise, uh, by a grocery store to come in and install. Uh, so the, the trick is, is you basically have to tell that town, the whole town has to say, we're all going to sign up for this thing if you bring it in. Uh, and at the very least, if they make enough noise, a Verizon is going to listen. A T-Mobile is going to listen. Uh, somebody's going to listen. You, you, you make make a crazy amount of noise and say, "Look, we don't have this here. Give it to us, so we can actually survive." And it's it should be a right. It should be a uh, it sh- it's not just a privilege anymore to have to have fast internet. It's not just about watching YouTube anymore. It's about actually getting work done.
0: Not in an era where there was where it was a, ironically as we were going through West Virginia, I picked up the Morgantown Dominion Post, and there mm-hmm. was a story in there about how bad the internet is in West Virginia. And the example they used was a teacher at I think the high school in Weston, West Virginia, um, who is now required by state law to submit all of her Lesson plans and grades online, um, mm-hmm. but cannot get anything better than a dial-up internet connection in western West Virginia, and has to drive an hour and a half one way, or steal internet from McDonald's or Starbucks, to uh, upload her lesson plans and upload her mm-hmm. her, her grades. Um, I, I, I let now let me play, Debbie Downer, and mm-hmm. and, and and say. What, how do we change the mindset because there are a lot of people first of all you, you you alluded to the big guys don't want municipal competition in the broadband spectrum right so how do you convince the citizenry that this is in their best interest without them going on the local talk radio station or on Facebook and calling this socialism
1: um <laughs> i i don't know i don't know how you stop it i okay. honestly don't and okay. i think so the 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 what you call it the the wheel of the wheel of time uh, it spins yeah. sometimes you're up sometimes you're down, boethius yeah. so all that other good stuff yeah um we're in a we're in an era where there is a certain group of people uh, a little bit older than ourselves who are trying to maintain their last vestige of power. And that last vestige of power requires a conservative mindset because the more you change the the more difficult it is to access to to have your grandson pay attention to you at the Denny's, right? Uh, uh, cuz he's on his phone all well, the time. I don't
0: have a grandson and no one yeah, pays well, attention to me. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> well, we well, I'm I'm just I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm making am I'm I'm alighting a lot of oh, a lot of okay, statements okay, here. Okay, okay. Uh but the uh but the truth is this will change and it will change for better or worse and it will leave a lot of a lot of cities in the dust. And a lot of cities are already in the dust, unfortunately. And I've and I've and I've said this again and again. They're gonna they're gonna spend money on these things. They're gonna try to do the wrong things. They're 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 throwing money down a rat hole essentially with a lot of these innovation things because they're not actually innovating. They're basically just trying to recreate something that they've recognized through watching Silicon Valley on TV and reading a few books. And so you're saying can, like,
0: you're saying like the, the the business incubators, the startup business incubators that so many communities have. In most cases, that's wasted money.
1: I think so. Yes. Uh, the, the idea that I can be a startup and I can go to these incubators and hang out with other, other, other folks, that's great theater. Uh, it's like, it's like joining community theater and it's like, you can have fun uh, doing the music man once a year, uh, with all these other great folks. But It's kabuki. There's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, yes, it puts you into the entrepreneurial mindset uh, but if you hope to follow the paths that you see online, that you see in uh, on on TechCrunch, for example, yeah. it's not going to happen. What can happen is it gets you in a position where you're starting to make money online without any any connection to your local uh, local um, situation. So what happens consistently is you have something coming out of Bucharest. Okay. Or you have something coming out of uh, Warsaw, or you have something coming out of McKeesport, or you have something coming out of uh, Chicago that basically just sells online, and it doesn't matter where they are. Yeah, and it, it hits right, it hits it hits perfectly, and that is as rare as hen's teeth, obviously. But it's something that you have to aspire to because you can't depend on your local your local community to support you. That, you absolutely cannot.
0: That that you you put me in the mindset of you know one of the examples I can think of in our area is Studebaker Metals in Braddock. Which Mm -hmm. makes very high-end bespoke jewelry. Um, They have a storefront. They said maybe two or three people wander in a week. I Mm -hmm. mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit. I've had them on the show, so if they hear this, I apologize if I'm being misleading. But they said, you know, 99% of their sales are online or through their website or through different retailer Mm -hmm websites They don't worry. They, you know, it's, it's not a walk in business. They're not worried about a retail business. They're worried about their online wholesale business. And, and they've been able to grow and fingers crossed so far, uh, expand and thrive.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the that's exactly the position you have to be in. I mean, maybe you do create something that's been created before. Maybe I, I create a cheap transcription. There are multiple transcription mm-hmm. places out there. Uh, but I basically I, I figured out a gimmick. We gonna charge 10 cents a minute and it's working really well. And it's I I could do that from anywhere. I could do that from anywhere around the world. And and that's actually the key to this whole thing. It's not that it's not that McKeesport is going to innovate. It's that the people in McKeesport are going to see uh, outside of the town and they're going to innovate around – they're going to innovate around the damage uh, that's caused by, uh, by, by some of these things. But if you don't have internet, if you don't have this mindset, if you don't have the entrepreneurial mindset, then you're actually kind of stuck. And if you're expecting to get cash uh, and if you have a very, very, very complex or very expensive idea – uh, like a self-driving car, by all means, you better move because there's absolutely no way to do it in some of these smaller towns. And I would even argue it's in, in Pittsburgh, it's been done before, but I, I'm not sure how many, how many, uh, how many shots you have in that revolver.
0: I uh, are they? and, and we've gone way over time. Uh, we're going to let, um, we're going to continue to talk. If you've got a couple more minutes and we'll mm-hmm. put the, we'll put the, um, longer version, uh, on the website at, uh, com. Click on the podcast link. um, are people you 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 to to jump back you said you know some guy who's selling soda pop off of a truck and then you're going to him with your um uh multi- biotech, company, biotech yeah. yeah your biotech idea or your self-driving whatever um and he's looking at it and saying yeah I don't understand this I'm going to go buy a shopping mall um mm-hmm. are, is that because it's something that I have heard time and time again from the university community in Pittsburgh is that the investor, one of the problems with the investors in Pittsburgh is not necessarily that they don't have the money, but they're not investing in those kinds of projects. They'd rather put up a speculative office building somewhere than, sure. than give you $2 million for your startup company.
1: Yeah. And they understand that. And they know that that's, that's going to be the sure thing. And again, that that's caused by geography. you if you're in a, if you're in a place where everybody made all their money in banking, you're going to, your banking ideas are going to thrive and you're, and and your idea for a marketing product is going to not going to thrive. Uh, if you're in a city like Columbus where it was kind of logistics, it was kind of restaurants, it was kind of retail,
0: Sure.
1: maybe there's going to be some folks, maybe a Schottenstein or a Drexel mm-hmm. or a Les Wexler or whoever are going to be able to put up some cash for these ideas. Uh, but the vast majority of time, you're going to be – what those places are good for, and Columbus is actually a really good example for this. What those places are good for is, uh, are test beds. It's Columbus That's been is one of the greatest for,
0: test markets in the country for decades.
1: That's the, and that yeah, absolutely, that's been true for decades. And that's where you can start like a hot chicken takeover, which is a, which is a chicken place. that's really popular there and it's an expanding slowly, but surely. And that started out as a very small startup. And I know the guys who invested in it. Um, but again, you're, you're in a position, you're in a position where you're stymieing yourself. Um, you're stymieing yourself by staying in a place, uh, just to be in the place. If you can expand outside of the place, uh, then you, then you win.
0: Uh, the, the, the final thoughts, um, and, and I know if we had the answers to this, you and I would not be journalists and not be running podcasts. Um, but w- how does one then foster a climate of entrepreneurship that can enable a small business in a place like McKeesport, Braddock, New Kensington, Beaver Falls, wherever to to expand online and, and to, think, to to work locally but think globally?
1: um well first off you first off you encourage you encourage that sort of growth you basically you basically focus on that kind of building as opposed to as opposed to going outside and getting customers outside of the office yeah you get customers online you figure out how to do you figure out how to do surveys you figure out how to do google uh, google surveys etc um
0: so don't worry so much about putting up the big industrial park with the big parking lot yeah and hope that Uh, you're going to fill it with something
1: I mean, my dream, my dream world uh, would be something like every city has a little uh, has a little place where you have pop up restaurants in the bottom, uh, pop up offices for startups on the second floor, and like a uh, like a Sears kind of uh, kind of anchor uh, client on the third floor where where a lot of business gets done.
0: I can not sort Sears, of though.
1: no, no, I'm just saying like a, like <laughs> a Google, you. like an yeah. Uber or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So but so an you anchor, have, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So you have an anchor uh, at the top floor. And that sort of thing kind of pays for itself. The the first floor basically people come in for an empanada and yep. learn about the entrepreneurial stuff. You have a you have a test bed for for people who want to build non tech businesses, and you also have a tech business on the second floor, and you have somebody who's going to pay the rent on the third floor. That in a wheeling that in a um, that in a uh, McKeesport can replace what used to be there. Uh, what did the, what did, what did, uh, Wheeling used to have? And it still does actually the fish market. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. and so if you create something similar to that idea, a fish market down on the floor, where on the first floor, everybody wants to go to have, have Sunday brunch or, yeah. uh, or dinner or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. some sort of experiential place, uh, that also encourages entrepreneur, un- entrepreneurship and, and it encourages it in ways that, uh, look outwards as opposed to, as opposed to serving the community itself, uh, then you have a winner because you basically spin up you spin up companies that that rot around the damage of their cur- of their current situation and uh, and think globally
0: um final thoughts uh what what projects are you working on you mentioned cheap transcription which i uh, actually can find at cheaptranscription.io um another example of a job that used to be drudgery and 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 repetitive uh-huh. work uh, that can now be done quicker and cheaper with technology uh what 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 do you have coming out you have you're working on another book right now for instance
1: Uh, yeah, we are. I'm actually writing a book called get funded, uh, where we talk about all this stuff. Uh, it's, it's advice on how to get funded obviously. Uh, but it's also the realistic straight talk that says, Hey, look, dude, you're not going to get funded or do that. You're not going to get funded where you are. You have to think outside the box and here's some of the ways to do it.
0: Um, and where, where are the best places for people to follow you and to see what you're up to?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at John Biggs, uh, and you can just go to John Biggs books. Check out some of the books. Uh, I post some news and things at different places. Uh, I'm on. I'm, I'm fairly. Uh, I'm fairly internet uh, proficient, so I'm. I'm all over the place.
0: You are not the John Biggs who's in Australia, though. Who I think is a no, professor no, no. or Something that guy. What are
1: you no, that do you know? That guy. Him? That guy owns JohnBiggs.com, uh, I think. Okay. Or he, he did years ago, and I feel like I could. Uh, I feel like I could probably take him out. You I think, you think can he's take getting him now. Yeah, I think he's gotten a lot older. Uh, <laughs> so actually, no, johnbiggs.com is is for sale. Interesting. I'll, so maybe I'll... Okay, so
0: I'm going while, to, while you're talking, I'm going to pounce on that and sell it no. to you at an exorbitant <laughs> price. Johnbiggsbooks.com John or find John Biggs on Twitter. You can check him out on TechCrunch. You can also get his books wherever uh, fine books are sold. Uh, John, uh, pleasure to talk to you. And next time in, you're in Pittsburgh, uh, stop by and, and we will talk to you again, okay? Sure, I want some Permani Brothers. At, we'll get you something even better than that, trust me. Uh, right, John Biggs good. has been our guest. You have been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes here, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport on Radio 81 WEDL, 1550 on 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Thank you for listening. So long for now. Unity Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline.
1: Online.